Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. This is your host, Lisa Tomei. Today our guest will be Sita Gaia. And believe me, you don't want to miss this. See you soon. Gaia is a TEDx alumni as well as a queer biracial person with a chronic illness. She has recently been published in Harness Magazine and Poetry Soup. She is currently working on a chapbook, drinks way too much coffee, and loves owls. She resides in Vancouver with her wife. Welcome, Sita, to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. We're so happy to have you here all the way from Vancouver. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. You know, you you are one of maybe, I think, four people that are not from the United States, and I love it. I love us getting more of a reach out there outside of our little neck of the woods, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like the international flair. Um, so yay for that. So, yes. I, I have a lot of um, international friends who are poets. Wonderful. Do you find that the pandemic has increased that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The pandemic um, really caused me to hone in on my poetry writing. Did you write some pandemic poetry? Um, some, 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 mm-hmm. but it wasn't really pandemic based. Okay, a group that I belong to called TAF. We wrote um, a an anthology. Um, it's a group where twenty nine of us that contributed, and we wrote different poems about the pandemic different kind of themes with that so it was interesting to do and um mine were a little bit kind of deep ones you know some people were light and some people were kind of in the middle but it was a lot of fun to do it in a way it's interesting to get different people's points of view Mm -hmm. about about pandemics so i wrote like a poem that needs a lot of editing about um like how we need to be apart and like how we can't hug our friends and my I was seeing one of my close friends and my other friend um, suggested well how about you take a picture of her and then take a selfie and then if you post it on Instagram it'll be like you're standing together oh that's neat I like that idea (laughs) so we had to like you know talk like feverishly about how we're not going to hug, we're not going to hug, we're not going to touch each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's tricky. I, I was, I saw something a while back that showed how to properly hug. Uh, it's like a, a father hadn't seen his daughter in a long time when she was in college or whatever, and she was coming home and, you know, they agreed, you know, they would wear their mask and everything. And then they had to learn how to properly hug. I think it was on some show they were showing is that they said, if you go in and you both look the opposite way and you just go in for the big hug real fast and then come back out, you know, real quick, then it'll be safe. But yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. But And then yeah. take a shower after. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of my mentors said, um, suggested that I write a poem about, how to give a hug during a pandemic. And I haven't done that yet, but I think that would be an interesting 
topic to write about. For sure. That'd be a good be. prompt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like so glad I don't live alone because yeah. I need lots of touch. So yeah. um, actually when I went off to university, I was like 18 and there's no one around to give me a hug. I learned to give myself a, a hug. So mm -hmm. I would go like I would grab myself and just rock back and forth. So <laughs> it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fortunate too. I don't live alone, so hugs are available whenever I need one. So I, yeah. I like that I have more than just myself and my bubble. I, I feel bad for people who are alone. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Unless they like to be alone. Some people are perfectly happy with that, but I'm not one of those people. Oh no, me neither. If I go out and run my errands, I talk to the people in the stores, you know, maintaining yes. a distance, wearing a mask, etc. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, da, 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 blah, 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 you know. <laughs> yes, me too. I have conversations with the grocery clerks and anybody that will listen to me babble to them. I have conversations with them. I, I want them to know that I appreciate that they're out there, you know, and to serve us. So. Exactly. It's really so tell me, tell me about this TEDx alumni. What does that mean? I have no idea what you meant by that. Oh, well, have you heard of TED Talks? I have. Okay, so TEDx is like a branch off of uh, TED. So they are in all these like little independent communities, like all over. Um, mm -hmm. And so I did a TEDx talk, I guess it was five years ago now. So um, I did a talk about, it was called The Hell of Chronic Illness. So I was the youngest speaker there and um, it was amazing. It was in front of 2,000 people. It was very exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe that you had shared with me that you had to deal with chronic illness um, some issues and does that go into your poetry? Yes, it is cathartic and to educate people. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, you know, you're working on a chapbook. Does that contain poems related to this or is, what is the theme of your chapbook? Maybe that's the way I should ask. The theme of my chapbook is chronic illness, okay. um, isolation, fear, and ultimately it will, it's um, hope. I see. Okay. Uh, that'll be interesting to read. That's definitely something that I can relate to as well. I have um, several different things going on. And actually right now I'm going to bolster doing my podcast from my bed um, because this is my comfort space, you know, for yeah. winter. So, you know, I like to think that I can kind of work around it and still do things. So, this is one of the things I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely will have to um, take a look at that chat book when it comes out. Um, have you already started looking around for publishers or? I don't have enough poems yet, so I'm hoping maybe it be later in the year. Okay. All right. So, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Wonderful. So. And you have been published in Harness Magazine and Poetry Soup? Yes. I had a, my first publication, um, I had a poem featured on Poetry Soup. And 
then Harness Magazine picked me up. Great. So I didn't think really anything of it when I submitted it, and I had just read a rejection letter. I it was kind of like you know right uh, the week bef- the week of the holidays, right before Christmas kind of thing. Um, I was like, oh, well, that's too bad. And then it's like, congrats. And then I was like, what? What? I'm not, used, I'm not used to hearing congrats. I know. I know what you mean. I just looked at my list the other day and I'm duotrope. I'm like, oh, man, why do I look at this list? <laughs> but there are some successes in there. And that's what we have to just kind of revel in is the good stuff. Right? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. So um, you have some poems that you shared with me. Are you going to read those for us today? Absolutely. Wonderful. Whenever you're ready, I'd love to hear your poetry. Okay. This poem is called One Strong Head. Okay. I love the coffee shop down the street. The coffee grinders, the loud chatter, and the awe of how fast the baristas punch in my order, or how some of them have it memorized. I like consistency. It amazes me how they can work while conversation pours out of me like the coffee they pour for their patrons. I love the coffee shop because it is the best place out in the world to have a seizure. One time I got my mom a coffee and one for me. I felt the heavy pull of fatigue from my meds collapse to the ground. After I came to, my mom wiped up hot coffee from my chest using her navy scarf. I wasn't sure I remembered my own name. How did I make it from walking across the coffee shop to on the floor with people's phones in their hands and scared faces? The smell of coffee reeked all over my body. Where did that come from? The floor was cold and clean, but too hard to fall on. Is any floor really good to fall on? My seizures are not the daydreaming type. We were looking really hard in one direction. No, I fall without warning and my head smacks the floor so hard. One time, I felt my skull move. My mom says, I must have one strong head. Wow. I can just imagine what that would be like. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling your skull move inside your head is um, a a unique experience, I have to say. Uh, Yeah. I can't think of a better word. A unique. Unique. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So I've only had a few concussions, so I'm really lucky. You've only had a few concussions. I'm not kidding. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you say that so nonchalantly, like, I have whipped cream with my coffee. No. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a few concussions. That's a lot. <laughs> One concussion's too many. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Isn't it interesting how when you are dealing with something that's chronic, how it does become a little passe? 
you know, we, yeah. it's in the back of our minds that, you know, well, hoping I go to the coffee shop, I don't have a seizure today. But, you know, it, I'm sure it gets in the back of your mind, but you get to be kind of used to it in some respects. Yeah, I actually had, um, when I was in university, I went to university in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, I was with my mom who came to see me graduate and my friend and her mom, we were sitting in the um, living room and her mom was like, my friend's mom was like, Sita, how do you go out into the world? Like, how do you do that? And I was like, because uh, I have to, I just, it just do. <laughs> That's right. You so, have to. Yeah, I just do because I'm also very extroverted. So being cooped mm -hmm. up is um, pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness for Zoom. This pandemic. That's that's actually helped me a lot. With I belong to a lot of shut up and write um, groups so that I can just see other people and share what we're working on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So do you have, would you like to read us another one of your poems? I would. Okay. This is called Turning on the Flashlight in the Gray Hallway. Alone on my path of sickness, friends over cups of coffee were so sorry. Did they know what it was like to hallucinate? Ash and Kutcher in the shower? Did they know the rainbow of illness, the colors cast on their floor, dim and gray? Grief is an endless, crumbled hallway. Laughter, an echo in my stomach. My friends don't hold their breath when they pour a cup of tea. Once I forgot to hold mine, and the kitchen floor was the coldest place to soothe my burnt body. Five months of bandages, the truth under my robe, as everyone said, congratulations, and not, how are you feeling? But one day, I found a bridge that fit into my back pocket, a community who turned on the light in my hallway. Strange names with Polaroid photos I could not place, who also knew Topamax, the fork topped high with food, which tasted like nothing going down. They knew what it's like to not know your own name after an episode, how the body shrinks into less of a person. My university professor saying, oh, you look so good. The invalidation of sickness. Was my body even bad before? They knew that being too thin was also a sign of sickness. Their stories on display like an art gallery in tiny medicine cups something I could finally recognize. They understood the confusion of a sudden slumber at work, a fatigue that hides behind your eyelids and calls at home. They knew the embarrassment of an unexpected crash at the party of Zumba class, breaking a lamp in the studio because your brain had a different agenda than your feet. My friend in London struggles to make enough money I understand. Without my wife, I swim below the poverty level. I tell my friend across the pond about the polite emails, which exclaim my fingers didn't spin fast enough to work at the cough coffee shop. 
my avatar texts two purple hearts the color of epilepsy to say it together we are strong like bulls drool drips onto my chin while looking at the recipes my pal with crones posted their phone dings with two growls from my hungry stomach two orange hearts for those with multiple sclerosis one friend stuck in bed for 11 weeks sometimes that's all you can do you don't know the struggle don't know what to say but no the heart said it all Wow. Another powerful poem. Yeah, it was um, kind of about discovering um, a disability community and kind of finding lots of other people who were kind of um, not kind of held back. I don't want to say held back, but like ableism was is really strong. Mm -hmm. And so I guess for anybody out there who's listening and doesn't know what ableism is, it's preferring an, an able-bodied person, quote-unquote, um, over a disabled body. So mm -hmm. that's held a lot of people back from pursuing their dreams, even though they've got, they have the education, they have, you know, the degree, they have the whatever, they have the qualifications. Um which is devastating, you know, it's, it's a, right. it takes, takes a long time to come over that grief. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, we definitely have a lot more work to do to help people become more aware. And uh, so why it's important that more people are exposed to this type of poetry, um, this type of communication to maybe open up the minds and open up the hearts to really understand um, what's important. Yes, absolutely. I think that's why my one day chapbook, it will be really important, uh, an important read for people, mm -hmm. not just who like poetry. Right. I think it's, you know, it's, I, I just had a discussion yesterday, someone who has dealt with depression and suicide, ideations and that and they use their poetry to help them with that and you know I totally see the value in that it 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 can save a life it can make a big difference so yeah yes it, like exactly because if you're reading that kind of poetry you say oh I'm not alone in this mm -hmm. exactly someone else exactly. is going through this too yep absolutely so, very important. I, I know that um, Sabrina Benheim's um, telling my mother about depression. Um, that was, I think that one went viral through Button Poetry. So mm -hmm. I yeah. think that was a really important poem that kind of got out there. Right. And I think by putting it in poetry, sometimes it, it's, it's a way of saying it. It can't really be said in any other way. Yeah. Exactly. It's to the, it gets under the bone, under the skin. Yeah. Because there are so many, like, for example, for me, there are so many more symptoms of epilepsy than just um, seizures. You know, it's fatigue. It's, for some people, it's irritability. It's headaches. It's right. 
you know, a lot of people need to take naps. And mm -hmm. I, I refuse that. <laughs> I refuse to take a nap. Refuse to take a nap. <laughs> it's not going to happen, even though my epileptologist, which is an epilepsy specialist, um, tells me to say no. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. So she's also stubborn. <laughs> I'm very stubborn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I know somebody that has something that's similar to epilepsy. It's called psychomotor seizures. It's a little bit different. Um, they had all the time growing up, but they were like 21 before they could get help for it because the family didn't have means to take them to the doctor and get any kind of help and um so but they would their seizures were more like they would just kind of like fall asleep just be sitting there and it looked like they're falling asleep but they were mild looking but yet you know you think that they were still kind of listening to you but just be in another world you know yeah but. yeah and there's like so many different types of seizures out there. Lots, lots of people just think it's the Gromal, which is mm -hmm. now known as tonic-clonic, mm -hmm. but I just use Gromal because that's what a lot of people know. But there's 40 different types of seizures. So, and I remember one time I was sitting um, in my living room with my parents, um, my wife's uh, family and cousin, and um i had just like an absence seizure and i was just like i just like nudged my cousin i was like what's going on oh, yeah, i think i had a seizure what's happening what mm -hmm. what's everybody talking about <laughs> yeah so it kind of just went from one thing to another mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah there's so many different i didn't realize there are that many but um different kinds but i knew there were different ones it's not just one way or the other way so there's a lot of in-between stuff in there so wow yeah and there's different types of epilepsy too um i have mm -hmm. a type it's called refractory epilepsy so it's um hard to treat seizures mm -hmm. although i've been very lucky i touch wood because <laughs> i'm very yeah. superstitious <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's uh, i have a vagus nerve stimulator so it's like a pacemaker but it goes it, there's like these two wires wrapped around your vagus nerve and that's been really helping a lot that's good. So good i've just kind of had a more quote-unquote normal life as opposed yeah. to my 20s mm -hmm. Now, do you have a therapy um, animal that that can detect seizures or anything like oh, that? I wish. I wish. I want to. I want like a seizure dog, but mm -hmm. my spouse is also allergic to dogs. Oh, <laughs> they need like a labradoodle dog. Yeah. That, I don't know if certain breeds are different for that or not. I'm totally naive to that, but yeah. Be specifically, yeah, yeah. It'd be just nice, <laughs> nice to have like a little therapy dog if you're yeah. like anxious or something. Mm -hmm. So, because there's also psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. I know this is like about poetry, but this all no, kind of okay. delves in. Um, it's connected is, to your poetry. Yeah, um, which is like kind of repressed thoughts and feelings that are in the amygdala of the brain. And then not everybody has these who has epilepsy, 
and some people without epilepsy have these and then when it kind of comes out it comes out looking like a seizure but it's a psychogenic non-epileptic seizure so some people make the mistake of calling them pseudo seizures uh, but they're Mm -hmm. not pseudo seizures so so wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely am like well educated in this kind of absolutely yeah (laughs) you have to be (laughs) you'd be a you could be a seizures specialist um yourself or yeah and it's a seizure seizure specialist or something like that i don't know what they call it i actually always wanted to be like a social worker in like a hospital for um um in the like the neurology department Mm -hmm. but you know i need to be you know, have enough energy to be able to do that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I understand that. I used to work in the field of social work. I still kind of act like a social worker, but yeah, it would take really? a lot of it takes a lot of energy. <laughs> oh, you used sure. to be a social worker. Yeah, as a counselor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. That's my degree. <laughs> there you go. See, well, in a way, you are doing that because you're finding ways to help other people. Through my writing, yeah. And through your writing. Yeah. And other people are teaching me lots of things. There you go. Well, we're all a community. Yeah, we are. That's what I love about writing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So you have another poem called Metal Toilet. You want to read that one for us? Oh, I realize that I'm kind of ending on a heavy note, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Metal Toilet. When I told my therapist my life was better off in pieces of ash, he marched me out to my dad's car with strict instructions to go to emergency immediately. I fumed like the exhaust of the tailpipe on my grandpa's car before he died an honorable death. I cavalierly texted a few friends about the attempt. It was not for attention. I had the perfect opportunity the night before, smothered in love by parents who were always home. There was no good time. Deemed unsafe in my own hands, I spent the night in the fluorescent dark. When I used the washroom, I found the toilet was metal. I kicked it so hard with my blue Converse low tops. It was indestructible and steady as a rock. I couldn't even be trusted to use a normal toilet. Sometimes it's easier to shut up about these things. But that's not what 1-800-SUICIDE told me. Wow, that's that's another strong poem. That's very important as well. Yeah, it was, um, it's very scary being um, admitted to psychiatric for overnight Mm -hmm. so they take your phone away um and they're on other people who are unstable as well so yeah yeah. it's not a not a place to go and get a nap or rest or vacation that's for sure no not at all not at all I, i i do not recommend it yeah from what I understand they pretty much take everything away that was anything so I mean pretty much just kind of go through the motions to 
without all of the creature comforts that we're used to having. So. Oh, I got to keep a book. So that's good. That's yeah. So that was good. I talked to somebody that had been admitted and so I said, um, should I, you know, bring you something to read? And they said, they don't allow you to bring anything in to read. I guess they were afraid it would stimulate a thought or something like that. And back when I was working um, as a social worker, I went to the jail to visit a client and um, I wanted to bring materials for like, um, because was, I worked with alcoholism and, and that. So I wanted to bring some materials for them to read while they had all this isolated time. And they wouldn't let me bring any of that in. They said the only thing you can bring in is a Bible. A Bible? A Bible, yeah. Oh. What yeah. about a, like a stuffed animal or something? No, you couldn't bring anything. Anything, anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a stuffed animal would have been good. Because it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Because I also say that um, epilepsy or anxiety and depression are the mean cousins of epilepsy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, uh, when you're not writing poetry, what do you what do you like to do for fun? What do I like to do for fun? Um, drink a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to go for walks. Mm -hmm. I like to call my mom. Um, I like to call my aunt who lives in Kelowna. She is like a very active, retired person. Um, let's just imagine it's like not pandemic. Um, I like to see my friends, but I also like spend alone time. And mm -hmm. I really love watching The Office. The TV, the TV show. show. The Office. Yeah. <laughs> I just got done binging on The Queen and Gambit. Oh, um, I've heard that so many things. It I've is. It. Yeah, it's, it's good. It, it'll keep you captivated all the way through. I was disappointed when it came to an end. It's like, no, I want to keep watching it. <laughs> Yeah, they were actually supposed to remove The Office from Netflix, but uh, they decided to keep it in Canada, so. Okay, well, good. I'm excited, and this year I have um, started cooking new recipes, so. Ooh, which any is, specialty area? Um, yes, um, quiche. Oh, yeah. Um, I made this, like... Uh, South Asian, um, oh, sorry, I'm trying, poutine yesterday. So mm -hmm. it had paneer and butter chicken sauce and fries. It was amazing. Yeah. So good. And I made these, like, sweet potatoes that were baked, and then they were fluffed, and they um, had quinoa and kale and cheese and like I put boccaccini for some and brie for others and with crushed walnuts and dried cranberries so I'm trying That's to become so a delicious. better cook yeah. yeah it sounds like you're a gourmet I don't um, even know what half oh of my. those things are <laughs> this, is like, this is like a really basic cookbook 
<laughs> Somehow through online, I managed to figure out a really good cookbook and ask my spouse for it for Christmas. So I was like, will you please get this for me? Nice, nice. Well, that's good. That's wonderful. Well, it's yeah. been such a pleasure talking with you. I guess we you covered too, a lot of different areas. So yeah, um, you have to come back home and get your chapbook published or, you know, join us at any time. Sometimes we'll have an open mic or something like that. So you're welcome to join in. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. You have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. If you'd like to be on our podcast, send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.